You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the raven too comes from the green dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragon Shorts, this is Jeremy, and today I'm talking about a topic that's had a bit of a renaissance lately, the throwing weapon. Now, I'm a really big fan of throwing weapons in the game, but I'm also, I've got a little bit of dislike at times as well, and a bit of a, a self-balancing uh, as well with them, because i played throwing weapons in, in many different armies, and they come in different iterations. You've got things like the classic throwing weapon for, for things like Grim Hammers and Corsairs, just the throwing daggers or throwing knives at a strength 3, 6-inch range. And then you've got some odd ones, things like the Rohan and Wild Rider throwing spears with an 8-inch range, which is very, very nice. To be able to throw from outside charge range, especially on cavalry, is really good. And also, ones that aren't so good, things like the, the Ruffians with the whips, where they've not only made them hard to hit, but they've made them very, very close range, where they've always been, and they're very low strength as well. So there's uh, there's also been a discussion as well, because one of the legendary legions that's come out with the, the goblins has basically meant that, that throwing weapons on things like prowls have got better, because they can bring knight to other missions and have one plus to wound on throwing weapons, which is quite lethal, especially on prowls. It's really, really nasty. The main uses I have for throwing weapons is that it allows you to control the movement phase, which I believe is the way you win the game. Most times, I know we say traps win games, and traps definitely do, but but it's your positioning and your movement. And throwing weapons allow your model to operate at pretty much peak efficiency whilst they're moving and not forcing you to engage at any point. You can play a skirmish game, you can play a hard-hitting game, you can run in and try to break up lanes by by hoping to throw into to certain combats and get to the back ranks. You can just harass spearmen at the back by just throwing weapons in, you don't have to, to get in, or you can block things up and, and do all kinds of good things with the throwing weapons. So I think I find that if armies can take them, I'll take quite a bit. I don't find them overpriced in almost any army now. I'm happy to pay two points for Rohan throwing spears. I think they work really well, and especially on Rohan, because you can play that skirting game. I know it's become fashionable now, the Rohan, to just charge in as quickly as you can, but I still don't think that's the best way to play. I think there's a time to to just be tactical and, and maneuvering and have a couple Royal Guard or Rohan riders just dancing around, throwing weapons and harassing and, and trying to bait people out so you get a better charge, so you can break the lines easier and, and more efficiently. When I first started with the throwing weapons, I used a wood elf pajama army when basically you had the, the unarmored wood elves with heaps of throwing weapons, lots of throwing weapons. You give them all throwing daggers and then some sentinels and the old school Thranduil, which I believe at the time you could have the crown. I can't remember exactly if that was the time. I might be overlapping memories and combining them all into one thing. But what I found with that, and that was an addition where you often set up quite far away, my army would go in and it would avoid so much that in almost every game, I would have crossed the whole table. So I would start on one side. I would end up over the other side. I would have potentially not engaged at all. Just just avoided it. Moved all the way to the other side. And then just harassed for the games. And I, I was winning games where I didn't even lose a model. Or I could even avoid combat. And when I went to combat, it was like with five elves against one model. It was ridiculous. And it was quite demoralizing for my opponent it was something that that i probably don't want to do all the time it's something that that kind of made me feel bad i felt very tactically superior this is when i i first started sort of mastering the game i suppose and, and the movement phase but it was it was really nasty and i played one iteration with it where i had a tree beard as an anchor point so what i'll do is push tree beard as as the front of a wedge and have a whole line of throwing weapons in basically a spearhead formation so if the opponent came forward they had to go and engage tree beard and at this point he didn't have any any heroic uh 
actions, the the brutal power attacks, but it didn't matter because he would tank whatever came at me, and then anything that, that didn't engage would cop throwing weapons at it. So you'd have to try and commit your whole force, but I'd always put it out so only a few models could be charged. So I'll position my throwing weapons with a wedge so that some of the wedge was in about like four inches, and some was in about five inches, some in six, and some in seven. So an opponent with an infantry line would have to make a choice. How much am I going to go in? Am I just going to put a guy or two in? Am I going to wait and stand back and allow me to just pepper with throwing weapons? And it becomes a bit of an interesting choice for them. So I, look, I'm a, I'm a big fan of throwing weapons, but I think they can be almost too brutal. I stopped playing that, that edition of the Alpha Army because it, it wasn't that good for the game and, and for our local area and for my opponents. Because if you're winning a game without potentially entering combat or without having any risk really it's not going to keep your opponent entertained and that's that's one of the self-balancing mechanisms that i use and i try to remind other players around as well that if you found something that's incredibly good and you can because the game's not perfect there's definitely things that are incredibly good you can get yourself in trouble so the maneuver the the baiting armies in it, it works so well with throwing weapons and and i love it especially for armies like the all cav armies where you have to control the movement phase if you don't you lose so you've got this mechanism where you can deter people from charging they don't have to they might but they don't have to now evil throwing weapons are particularly nasty things like the corsairs which get them for very cheap and, and look i'm not here to talk about the points costing for them just mainly the uses for them but the corsairs uh what else we've got ruffians prowlers there's going to be heaps that i don't remember but these ones have the the massive ability to be able to shoot into uh combat shoot into combat and my favorite tactic here is to try and pin an expensive hero, a key point of my opponent's force, you know, the you know the type, the Aragorn, the the uh, Durin, the Treebeard, whatever, and then I line it up, and then all the throwing weapons just line up behind that combat and just unleash. Just unleash. And the aim, if I get any wounds on the target, amazing. Great. But if I don't, if I hit my own guy, even better. Because you sacrifice your own guy, it takes away some of the agency that that player has into the combat phase. It sets up potential heroic combats because you've got a nice little gap there. They're no longer in combat, so they can't do things like call a strike if you want to go and bulk them. Send a, a fight, high fight model into them and then, then trap them, surround them. Setting up some multiple heroic combats can do that. It means it starves something like Aragorn of the agency. Free heroic combats. doesn't matter if you're not in combat. You don't get to do them. It can pull models off their horses incredibly well. So something like an Imrahel comes in, all proud, ready to, to go and make a mess of you, knock it off its horse and, and take out the model it's fighting, and suddenly it's just stuck in the middle and just, just doing the, the army bonus effect. So this is where things like the, the Corsairs, Corsairs are, the, are the, the notorious ones for this, aren't they? They're the ones that, that we know because you get so many of them, you're always going to have models to be able to pull this off, and it really is, is quite deadly. And if you get the right mission, it can be just absolutely game-winning. Some of the other notable iterations of the throwing weapons that I've taken and done really well with is I took an all, well, not all Grimhammer, a, a Grimhammer-themed army. It had some Grim spears, some basically uh, sword, uh, not sword, um, the spear and the, the the shield guys. Had a few of those, about half a dozen of them and a banner and, and a couple heroes, Dwal and a captain. Pretty pretty light, small army, but about 30 Grimhammers before the new versions of them, which now they've got a point of defense up. They might even... No, I don't think they've got strength up. They weren't particularly great at that time. They were they were pretty basic, and they were considered to be a really bad choice. And I took them to, to one of the bigger tournaments in Australia and managed to, to get most of the wins. I think I got a loss somewhere along the line, but I still came first in the tournament. And that was 
it, it sort of opened my eyes to how impressive it was because there's nothing that I really wasn't afraid to, to fight because I played them like I played my old wood elves. So I played that that army where you set up little wedges. So I'd have my hardest hitted guys, my Dwalin and my, my Grim Hammers and my, my Grim Spears behind them as a little spearhead formation. And then like a little circle of throwing weapons behind them. And that could cause all kinds of problems because my opponent didn't really know what to do. And I was happy. If I got two throwing weapons off a turn and just because I stayed in range but didn't want to charge me, more than happy to. It gave me agency. That five-inch movement, who cares about it? Because I've got a six-inch throwing weapon. So I have to force you to move around. I force you to charge me. I don't have to have any pressure to run in. And with a dwarf army, you've often got the pressure to run in. That's often your job. So it gave me some tactical flexibility. Did it stop how they fought? No, it didn't. They still fought really well. And that was worth it. And at that time, you were probably play, paying like a good two points worth of throwing weapons on those those Grimhammers because the rest of the profile didn't justify it, but they were that value for me. I've had some terrible experiences against them as well. I know Kylie's uh, wrecked me with the Corsair army before and that, that's been been demoralizing, but I had one in particular where I had a a Wozes and Rohan alliance from very early on and I got a mirror match against another Rohan army and this was an all-mounted Rohan army. I had a lot of infantry and the Wozes as well and it had pretty much throwing weapons on all the models. And what it did was just rip through my front rank and charge straight into the Woz's back rank more efficiently than anyone else. Because I was relying on my throwing weapons from my, my Rohan warriors and the spear and blowpipes of the Woz's backing it up. But the cavalry could, could avoid my throwing weapons, could charge in, use their throwing weapons, break up my front lines, and then get straight into the juicy Woz's, which didn't really stand a chance against charging cavalry, especially if they'll fight four against my fight three. So I've been on the, the receiving end of the throwing weapons as well. So that that's always concerning. There are special cases. There are some heroes that do some really nice work with throwing weapons. Uh, I used Elfhelm recently in a scenario, and his throwing weapon is just lethal. Just to, it, You can reliably do a wound on something that you're going into, or pick out a model to get there. So it's so good for setting him up to be fighting things like a banner, which he's easily going to kill. And it really puts the pressure on the opponent where they have to keep feeding models to go and save that banner. And all you have to do is some sort of sneaky heroic combat or some way to jump a model over the side and then stop another model from getting in. And there you go. You've got a banner that's gone pretty easily, pretty effortlessly. You can start putting wounds on heroes. I was playing up against Goroth, who just outmatches Alphelm in every way. We're able to bring him down because the throwing weapon got a kill, kept charging in, and then one of the the uh, Rohan warriors just flicked a win against Goroth and, and took him out. So there's there's lots of uses for those throwing weapons, and they're they're a really good addition to the game. I was playing in the Conquest Champions uh, Second League, and when I was asking Jacob like what would he like to have on the channel, what would he like to play, we're bouncing ideas uh, about for it. He, he gave me a couple of rules. Firstly, he just said no throwing weapons, no armies. And I asked him why, and that was because he didn't like them for the spectacle, and I totally get that. And that's similar to my, my elf army at the start, where you can play a game that's not really fun to for the other player, not really fun to watch. If you lose a game where you get hit into combat, it's not the end of the world. You've lost the game in combat, you've had a chance to do something, you've had a chance to react. If you lose, it's probably because you've got some bad luck with the dice, you've had some bad positioning, you, you did something, your opponent did something unexpected, whatever. But if you lose because you can never catch a model, it's going to be, one, not fun to watch and not a good advertisement for the game. And two, it's going to be just, just boring. So that was fine. Negotiated that. That was all good. And then then when I said it, I'll take Dale. He also just said, no blister because I've got you lined up for something for your first opponent. Like, yeah, okay. I wasn't planning to take the blister anyway. It's not really my favorite model. But throwing weapons are. Throwing weapons are, are really good. I try to, if I'm being really competitive, 
it's it's actually one of the things that I look for in an army. I, I'm very keen on having some throwing weapons because it really does allow you to control things. And this is part of the reason I think armies like Rohan are actually so good. It's not just all the hero buffs you get. Those throwing weapons, the the two point throwing spears, are some of the best throwing weapons in the game. They really do work, and and they're worth taking every time. Uh, I think Corsairs. People have known about Corsairs now. They know how good they are. That that new Goblin Legion with the Prowlers, ugh, throwing weapons. Definitely, definitely something to, to consider taking, but please be careful with them. If your opponent just stops liking playing against them, if your tactics become so negative that they don't like it, just rain it down a bit. Take a few less. Change your army up a bit. Don't just go all in on them because you can you can ruin the game for people. And it's part about having fun and a chance for both players. And that's whatever that means to you is different for other people. So enjoy it, have fun, and traps win games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. The Green Dragon Podcast discusses tabletop wargaming using the Middle Earth strategy battle game rules for Games Workshop. We have no affiliation with Games Workshop, Warner Brothers, New Line, Tolkien Enterprise, or anyone else involved in Tolkien's universe. We're on our own. Thank you to our patrons for your support. You can become a patron at www.patreon.com slash thegreendragonpodcast. You can contact us via our Facebook page at The Green Dragon Podcast or on our email, thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Not so sure about that plural. This podcast is for entertainment, so please take it that way. Farewell, listener. The road goes ever on and on.